Hi, I'm Mara Webster with InCreative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by Jeremy Byler, who is the co-creator and executive producer of the series. I love that for you. And, you know, this, sorry, I'll start again without the cat climbing. No, the cat is great. You got to keep it. Don't start again. (laughs) I mean, I I love the fact that this, this show started as a genesis of you and Vanessa Byer bonding over a shared love of home shopping networks and channels. And... I was really interested in in kind of like what the next stage of development and realizing that there was a show there and kind of finding what what the meat and the substance of the series was going to be in order to really be able to build something out that that has an arc and and takes place over the course of several episodes and brings so many characters to the forefront within it. Yeah, I mean obviously our way in was just this incredibly amusing and magnetic world of home shopping and we both were such huge fans of it and actually we we had realized <clears throat> when Vanessa told me we left SNL at the same time and we had worked together a lot at SNL and uh and when she told me she had an idea for a show set at QVC, I sort of like dropped my fork because I had, I already had some pages on a show of my own that was <clears throat> based in QVC. So like, obviously that world is so, so inviting and so fertile for comedy. And there's such a like artifice to it. And it's just for obvious reasons, it's just like very funny, but um, you're quite right that like, that was really just the way in and what we had to do is figure out, you know, you don't you don't come back and watch a series for the world. You come back and watch a series because you care about the people in it and the stuff that they're struggling with and you identify with them in some way. So ideally, the show kind of straddles like this sort of entertainment of watching this world and these people in it. Um, and we can always like dip into that comedy and anytime we want to, we can go to a segment uh, where somebody's selling something and it's funny and it's like this nice moment of breath and a palate cleanser, or even it reflects what the, what the character is dealing with at that, in that particular episode or in that particular moment. So that is like, that was very attractive to me of like just having access to this like very rich um option to like always go to that but yeah we we really worked hard with our our writers uh, in the writers room to figure out who are these people why do they do this what do they want what's standing in their way um and really like t- figuring out how do we identify with what they're up to and i think it was also really a breakthrough for us to you know, to the, the the initial tendency, I think, especially from comedy perspective, is like to a little bit like look down on this world and kind of make fun of it. But what really unlocked the show, I think for me, was deciding actually, let's not look down on this. Let's like emulate it very earnestly and let's figure out not just what does it mean to like <clears throat> want to succeed in this world? What are you actually after? What What is that attention about? <clears throat> and also like, why is it so, why is it such a warm bath when you turn on QVC? Like what feel, why does that feel so good? And like, why does shopping feel good? And, you know, so like unbeknownst to us thinking that we were diving into just sort of like a funny thing, we realized that there's actually this incredible 
like richness and humanity in like every corner of this thing. And, and was the importance in it never punching down on the world that it that it's celebrating within the show, the reason behind why you also wanted it to be a successful network? Because there's kind of two ways it could have played. It could have been a network that's struggling and really trying to find its footing in the industry, you know, but you've kind of gone in with like, this is a really successful network that's doing great numbers. And how does this new character fit into this world? Yeah. I mean that, I think that certainly helped. It's like, it, it's like, you don't want, you don't have a show if, people's version of success there is like fake or doesn't feel like real, some real kind of success. And I would add to that, that like in our research, we, Vanessa and I visited QVC. We like, we, we toured the campus. We like did extensive research and it's actually an incredibly successful enterprise. It's a huge business. It's like a, I think it might be like a bigger retailer than like Target it's like, it, it legitimately is a billion dollar industry. And so that was also just so interesting to like, to like elevate it to like, oh, this is, if you really look at the numbers, like this is a competitor to Amazon and Target and like all these places. And that, that just made it so much more exciting too. And also really helped us with the character of Patricia played by Jennifer Lewis, who's just unbelievable. Like making her this like real successful magnate was just, I think a, a really, a, a sort of higher ground sort of choice. And it's also really fun that that not only are we seeing through the show segments where the characters are presenting on camera, but we're also seeing the inner workings of how it's going together. You know, even, um, I can't remember if it's in the first episode, but near the beginning of the series where Vanessa's character is, is on air for the first time and keeps responding to the person in the control room that's talking into her ear because it is a live show and there are things that are constantly changing. Like, oh, you're selling this? Oh, actually, we're out of stock of it. Like, move on to the next thing. Um, and so what were a lot of the elements of the behind the scenes that came out of that specific research that you did, that visit to QVC that you really wanted to make sure to capture in the series? Well, I mean, we certainly used what we learned from that trip to, you know, to kind of uh, flesh out how do they actually do this? What's actually on their monitor when they are on air selling? How does the earpiece actually work? What is the stage like? What are the cameras like? Who's in the booth? And they really are tracking real-time sales. And so they do, I mean, you know, this little graph of like um, that we have on the show of like, you're doing good or you're doing bad is not so far removed from data that they collect. I mean, we've like fictionalized it too, but um, in terms of the live TV aspect, really for us, a lot of that was actually coming from our experience at SNL. And that was like, we just knew that so well in our bones. And, you know, there were times at SNL when I would like have a sketch on that's like, you know, it's on it it's like the last sketch of the night or something and it's 12 30 AM and the sketch is going to air in 20 minutes and the phone rings in the writer's room. And it's like, come down to the control room right now and cut two minutes out of your sketch. And it's like, you're just like, it's just nuts. And uh, so that energy was like something we really knew and could write about. And like that, you know, uh, um, admittedly sort of like lower stakes in this world or, I don't know. There's some, there's just something about like, it has to go and it has to go right now that, um, that felt just so alive for us and so easy to write, to be honest, because we just had experienced it. Yeah. 
and and the show obviously draws on a lot of Vanessa's personal experience through her character having had childhood cancer and and that's something that she also went through but there's also a lot of elements that really draw you know like you were saying on collective experiences that the two of you have together you know even I've heard the two of you talk about raiding leftover snacks in offices at SNL and there's a great moment where we get to see Joanna and Jackie and that's part of like the mentorship is like you come in here by this time you can get all the leftover food and and hang out and eat it so what were some of the other aspects that you feel really came out of your friendship and that that connection with Vanessa that you wanted to bring over to the show as well I mean snacking is a huge huge um connection point for us a big Venn diagram (laughs) we love to snack and Vanessa would always like she knew the best snacks at SNL we would like sneak over to like that I probably shouldn't say this but we were like went to like the advertising offices where we didn't belong and just like stole pretzel rods at like three in the morning (laughs) um so I, I guess that's probably partly where that Molly uh, and Vanessa scene came from. Trying to think of what else. I mean, you know, there's also like the the workplace that we've built in the show is like pretty sort of competitive and there's like uh, the characters are dealing with their own insecurities. And I personally at SNL felt, you know, I, it really played into my own insecurities that I already brought. And so um it's almost like uh some of the characters were kind of like making fun of ourselves and our own like desire to like be noticed and be seen in this like really competitive scenario where everybody's like very good at what they do um so that was another kind of easy overlap for us and then we have this we have this function of like the big like board in front of the room uh where people vie for volley for like time slots and things like that and that was a little bit inspired by SNL too lovingly you know and in collaborating with with Vanessa on creating this central character at at the heart of the show you know what she does so beautifully as a performer is find that space where there's real comedic moments and also real you know vulnerability and heart and fragility at the same time and can can bring that centralized into into a scene how much did what she's able to bring as a performer in that way really inform a lot of the overall tone that you found for this show um well she's just uh, she's an unbelievable actor not just a comedian like she really is able to she's just so deft and so able to like you're saying like play something very funny one moment and then a couple of moments later just incredibly like emotionally truthful so that that ability is unquestionably like a huge part of what makes the show work and perhaps the biggest part of what makes the show work and i think you know i i i wouldn't I don't know if it's sort of like that ability inspired the tone or the tone kind of brought out that ability or like created a container for that ability. I think it's a little bit sort of a conversation between the two things and a little bit of a back and forth. And we talked so much about the tone and, you know, at times it's a very strange tone because it's like so comedic and so like funny forward ideally that it's like we we really it was very important for us to have like actual laughs and like actually stuff that makes us laugh and Vanessa is able to do that stuff and it's it's the type of show where like she falls into a box that breaks which is like this big slapsticky moment but then she's also like kind of tearing up later on so it's like very strange to kind of like figure out how to do that um and, you know, I would say we, there are many things that calibrate that 
Um, the biggest one being Vanessa's ability to kind of go in between them. Another one I would say is like Molly has a very similar ability to like be extremely funny, but also stay grounded. And then we also really worked hard to calibrate how do we shoot this? What's the tone? Where does the music come in? What does it look like? What does the scene feel like? Is this, are we going for a joke here in a way that sacrifices the emotional truth or is it worth going for the joke? And sometimes we have to cut jokes that we really love that make us laugh because it kind of takes you out of the reality of it. Um, but we always shot every joke and there's so much on the cutting room floor that makes us laugh too. So yeah, it's it's all kind of one holistic thing that is really largely driven by Vanessa, not just as a performer, but as like the a person who like the, who from whom from whose brain the show came, you know. And her, she's also a great producer and writer too. And one of the other things in, in terms of it being very grounded that I really loved is that dynamic between Vanessa's character and Molly's character in that, you know, again, it could have been played where like Molly's character sees her as competition, is trying to undercut her. And there's this real immediate friendship and mentorship of just like taking her under her wing. When did you and, and Vanessa and the rest of the team realize that like that was such an important aspect of, of what you wanted to have at the center of, of the heart of this show? I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint a time, but I think it grew naturally out of, you know, we've, this character grew up watching this, Vanessa's character grew up watching Molly's character as a kid on TV. And so there's this inherent sort of like connection there that we didn't want to betray and that we wanted to actually like deepen. Um, Cause we just, I just think it's a much more interesting choice. And, you know, we have, a, it's a, it's a, it, ideally, if we have many, many more episodes and seasons, et cetera, that like there can be colors and changes to that relationship and challenges in that relationship in a great way. Um, and there will be this season, but um, but the foundation of that friendship, it just felt so, I don't know, it felt like a no brainer, to be honest. It just felt like Molly's so amazing and so magnetic and so wonderful. And they just have this thing. And it just felt like also that, part of what keeps Joanna at the workplace and part of what is making her like get so desperate to fight for this job is that really Jackie Molly's character is kind of one of the only real friends she's ever had. And now she really has her as a real actual friend in real life. And so it was also like, well, if you have that and you've never had it before, you will do anything to keep that. Like you would never give that up. So that was, it really facilitated where things go. And with Joanna as well, you know, like you were just talking about the fact that she's been watching this channel since she was a child. Like it's not something where she comes in as a fish out of water into this space and, and kind of stumbles upon the job. You know, we see in the audition, like she knows how to sell. She knows the language. She knows the way to kind of like communicate with the audience. And it's really about her just kind of becoming very comfortable. Like she's never had someone talking to her in an earpiece. So obviously that's going to throw her off guard. Um, and so how did that influence a lot of the early episodes and scenes where we see her first stepping in front of camera, first starting to host on the channel and it being less about her knowing how to sell and how to present and really just finding her footing within this new environment. Yeah, I mean, we had talked about it for a while as kind of like a superhero origin story in a way where like she, you know, she 
no, she's watched nothing but this channel. And so she knows how to do it. And we had scenes that we had, that we had cut where she was like in the mirror as a kid doing it. And like, um, which we didn't ultimately need, but, um, but so the thing that we felt that she understood and that is kind of the most important aspect of selling is that the way you sell something is you create a story around it and you create a reason to connect with it. And so that's the part that always also like got her through and helped her escape from the pain that she was in as a kid. It's like, you know, she wants to buy this like beautiful bracelet because what if she needs it for like a brunch or an event in reality, like she's like sitting in a hospital most of the year, you know? Um, so, she, so in terms of the uh, parsing out, what are her abilities? What is her gift? And what is she not experienced with? It's like the gift is telling the story, which ultimately brings her to this like big lie that she tells to in order to sell herself as well. Um, that's the part that she just has down pat and really gets in her bones. And the part that is new to her is like this technical aspect of all this stuff happening at once and the earpiece and the lights and like, it's sort of that like stage fright moment of like, you can do it at home in the mirror, but when you really get up there, can you really do it? That felt, that just feels very like relatable and, and easy to click into and fun. And then also, you know, there's any, hopefully it's very identifiable for people too. Like just any, even if you're great at something like the first day at work, it's you're nervous. You could, you know, it's just like, it's brand new uh, landscape and how do things work here? Who, who cares about me? Who doesn't? Um, so not just the technical aspects of being on air, but also like uh, being a character whose parents always like doted on her and did anything for her. And she got all this attention all the time, stepping into an environment where nobody gives a shit about her, you know, it's another uh, important like distinction that we had to make. And like you were just saying, it's so much about, creating a story around the item that you're selling and finding that personal connection. And it, it's really fun to watch each of the characters have their own approach, their own style, their own story. Um, and I was interested in that in regards to the language of, of salesmanship as well, because there's also a lot of kind of phrases that even just the fact that they're constantly like, we really love this. We love this. This is so great. You know, it's really wonderful. And How much no do we love? Do we love that? He's like, <laughs> so like, don't we love? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and did the language come very naturally in terms of finding that for each of the characters, um, you know, given how much time you've spent watching QVC and watching a lot of this, or did you kind of sit down and really start to study a lot of the specific language and word usage? It's honestly, very, it's very instinctual for both Vanessa and myself. I don't know why, but it's the hardest thing to stop writing. Like if we have a sequence where somebody's selling, like we could write 35 pages of it, it would be no problem. And it's very hard to end the sentence. Um, and actually I wanted to do, maybe in another season we'll do an episode that's like just, you're just watching QVC the whole 30 minutes. But um, but also Vanessa and I, we know when we wrote together at SNL, we would like, a lot of the characters that I wrote with her were like, this nonstop sort of gobbledygook speaking at like butchered sentences and stuff like that. So I don't, I, I don't know exactly the origin of it or like, I would just say it's not an intellectual exercise for us. It's like very like shoot from the hip. It's just like, we kind of step into it and then just do it. And it's, it's, it's really fun. It's also, if you watch QVC, you know, for any extended period of time, you find 
that when somebody's speaking extemporaneously, like you can't overly consider what you're saying. You have to just kind of open the tap and let it flow and naturally like ridiculous things come out. As they'd say on QVC, we love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, wa- I watched a, I, I watched a uh, QVC broadcast once and I wrote this down in my notebook. It was like, somebody said, um, she was like, I'm going to get it wrong, but she was like, citrus scented shampoos literally saved my life. <laughs> and it was like, okay, literally saved her life. I also wanted to chat a little bit about, you know, we, we do have Vanessa's character, Joanna, kind of caught in this lie right from the beginning of, of saying that she still has cancer when she doesn't. And that's her story and her connection, um, you know, and there's there's this real kind of dance within that that it creates throughout the show in a lot of different ways that you can kind of play to that, the tension that it creates, the morality behind it, you know, the way that it's constantly weighing on her character in a lot of different situations, you know, Beth Ann immediately is like very suspicious because she's jealous of the attention that she's getting. And then even I thought it was an interesting choice to have Joanna go back and visit her parents, even though she's moved away for this job, because they're kind of the, the morality voice in the back of her head kind of being yeah. like, yeah, like our friends sent us a free cake, but like they spent their time doing this and they took time out of their day. Like you need to think about that, um, you know, and what are some of the ways in which you you really wanted to look at all the different kind of tensions that can come from that in the exploration of the morality of what she's saying and what she's doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it. We, we talked a lot about how a lie expands, how it grows and how it starts from like a, an, a very like improvisational moment and you know you're just getting out of a jam and then it becomes bigger and bigger and then it's like how do we what's attractive to it about her what does it open up for her what problems does it create for her um and yeah the the morality of it obviously is like that's the thing that's like the big thing that she's that she's struggling with um and it was also like, you know, it's like, what, uh, why do we get into situations like that? It's like, what's, what's making her tick? Why, why is she so, uh, she's so afraid of being cancer girl and she wants to shed this label and yet she goes right back to it. So it's like, why do we sort of keep choosing the things that, that create problems for us? Um, and, you know, when you're selling a product and you're making a story about it, it's like, what is the, on a much smaller scale, like what is the morality of that? What's the morality of telling a story around something you're selling? Like, are you making somebody buy something that they maybe shouldn't? Or like, are you creating a bunch of, you know, like a plastic island in the middle of the ocean by, by like, you know, telling a story about this blender or whatever? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It felt, again, like pretty instinctual that like you could understand why she would do something like this, but you could also really easily see how it would be awful and create a lot of awful problems. And this is also a show that that has been in development. You know, you've been working on this over the course of a few years. It isn't something that you just wrote and kind of put together very quickly. Um, and I'm always really fascinated by, by that when it comes to the development process, because obviously in the meantime, you're continuing to work on other projects. You're still kind of growing your voice as a creative. And so what are the elements that 
you feel like are in the show that maybe if the show had moved forward a couple of years might not have been there that came out of that extra time that you had to really sit and live and breathe with these characters longer? That's a really good question. Um, yeah, we started developing the show in 1981. <laughs> um, uh, no, um, I don't know. It's hard to track that. Uh, you know, the sometimes the more time you have, it's not necessarily like the better the thing is. Like sometimes you just actually like, you end up like overthinking and changing things and going back. And there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like, let's change all this. No, let's go back. Um, the biggest thing for me, the biggest benefit of all of our delays and the COVID delays and all that is um, we we got the gift of Jennifer Lewis, who, you know, became available and, and was ending Blackish. And that was like an incredible um, piece of timing. And she really like just makes the show. I mean, she's just so unbelievable in the show. So that that to me stands out as the biggest answer to your question of like, if we had gotten to make it earlier, we probably, she wouldn't have been available. Um, and, you know, that character, once it became her, once, once that piece of casting was in place, like that just unlocked such a, such a like specific journey for that character. And that, and that the way we wrote that character, just knowing like how amazing she is and what she can do. And, uh, and that becomes like a very big part of this season. Well, I really love the first the first few episodes of the season and can't wait to watch the rest of it. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching it so thoughtfully. It's great to talk to you.